Hey, everybody. Let me begin by saying Merry Christmas. And I pray that you have had a wonderful and blessed time so far uh, in the context of our Christmas celebration. And if you are watching uh, at this point, but you don't normally celebrate Christmas, well, let me just say happy holidays to you. I am so excited, so super delighted that you are part of this celebration uh, today. Uh, can you simply say, it's good news? Once again, shout it, it's good news. That's what we want to kind of think together about uh, through the duration of this message. The passage of Scripture that's going to kind of shape our thinking uh, in this moment is the Gospel of John, chapter 10, verses 10 through 11. Jesus is speaking. Here's what Jesus says. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I have come that you may have life and have it to the full. Then Jesus says this. I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. There ends the reading. Let me begin with a spoiler alert. I'm sure perhaps you're familiar with all of the different characters that are in that original Christmas story that is shaped around the birth of Jesus. Folk like Elizabeth and Zachariah, Mary and Joseph, the angels and the shepherds. But here's the spoiler alert. You're in the story also. So am I. God, from the very beginning, intended for you and me not to be a part of an audience, but rather we're in the Christmas story. It's actually about you and me and us together. Listen to Jesus as he says, I have come that you may have life. And you could say it like this. I was born so that you may have life and have life to the full. And then again, he says, I am the good shepherd. And the good shepherd lay down his life for his sheep. And from Jesus' perspective, as he's teaching in this moment, there inside of this context, there is the good shepherd. That's him. There's the sheep. That's you. And that's me. Here's the question. How does a sheep become a part of the good shepherd sheepfold? Well, he picks them. Clear and simple. It has nothing to do with what they do. It's all about the fact that he picks them. Ah, here's the good news. Here's the remarkable announcement, good news of Christmas, that the birth of Jesus Christ is the declaration that God has picked you. Can you just simply point at yourself and say, God picked me? Yes, that's the point. Listen to how Paul describes this in Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 through 5. He's talking about the God of creation. Here's what he says about him. Long before he, God, laid down earth's foundation, he had us in mind, you and me. Listen to that. He had settled on us as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. Long, long ago, he decided, before the universe had been finished in its framing, before the stars were in their socket, long, long ago, the God who knows the very DNA of your biology, long, long ago, he decided to adopt us, you and me, 
into his family through Jesus Christ. And what pleasure he took in planning this. That's the Christmas event. That Jesus is born into the world to solidify the heart of God. Another way of simply saying it, God picked us. God picked you. You know, when I was a kid growing up in Cushata, Louisiana, I was both scarred and not the best of athletes. And when various uh, classmates would organize various team sports, particularly basketball, oftentimes I wouldn't be picked, or if I was picked, uh, I'd be at the very last. The one wants the scarred kid who really can't play well on the team. There was one exception to that story, however. It was my very good friend Thomas Kirk. We called him TK. He and I were best friends from third grade all the way through graduation of high school, even till this day. And TK was an excellent athlete, and from time to time, he would end up as a captain who had a chance to pick his team. Now, he would uh, often it would not be that he would pick me the first time or the second time that he was picking, but I would always know that he would pick me because at the end of the day, TK would pick me not because I was gifted, not because I reached some particular standard, but at the end of the day, TK always picked me because I was his best friend. He loved me. That is, in fact, the embodiment of the good news that is announced at Christmas, that Jesus' birth declares that God has picked you, not because you have risen and reached some particular standard, whether it be morality or whatever the case might be. No, 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 no. Here's what the text says. Long before he laid down earth's foundations, he had us. He had you in mind. He has settled on us, you, as the focus of his love to be made whole and holy by his love. God picked you simply because he loves you. And the birth of Jesus is the declaration of that good news. Not only is the birth of Jesus the declaration or the announcement that God picked you, but it is also an invitation it is an invitation for you and I to say yes, because even though God picks us, the relationship is not fully activated until there's a yes that comes from us, from you, from me. You know, whenever TK would pick me to play uh, with him on the team, I'd always say yes. He'd pick me, I'd say yes. Pick me, I'd say yes. But the other side of that story is... Before I met my wife, Rhonda, of 36 years, I was in college. And, of course, I had a pretty good reputation for picking my girlfriends. I would pick this one over here and this one over here and this one over here. The only problem was (laughs) the relationships never materialized because they never said yes. (laughs) Here's the point, guys. Until you say yes, this remarkable invitation into a redemptive, transforming, empowering relationship with God through his son, Jesus, doesn't fully materialize. So the question for somebody is, will you say yes? The question for somebody else that's watching me is, you've already said yes, but today, will you say yes again? Renew your commitment. And then Jesus goes on to say, 
the thief comes. Now stop right there. In this teaching moment that Jesus is sharing, there is a good shepherd that refers to him. There's the sheep that refers to us. We're part of this Christmas story. But now he talks about the thief. The thief comes only, shout only, only to steal and kill and destroy. But Jesus says, I have come that they, meaning the sheep, you and I, may have life and have it to the full. In this moment, Jesus is acknowledging that the thief is a reminder, this shallowy figure that's kind of standing over in the edge of life. It's just simply a reminder that evil is real. It is real. It is powerful. And it, it touches and attacks every single one of our lives. And yet Jesus says that his birth is not only a declaration that God has picked us, but his coming into the world is also some good news that in him, while evil is real and while evil attacks our lives and while evil works to tempt us and to draw us into the dark, Jesus says that I have come, he has come to give us the power to break the power of evil in our lives. Listen to what he says. The thief comes only, the only purpose of of, of, of evil at work in life is to steal, kill, and destroy. Now, one of the ways that evil shows up in our lives is through what I want to call the quiet whispers from a broken past. Or you might actually use the word voices. You know, we've all been stunned this past week as we learned of the tragic suicide death of Mr. Stephen Twitch's boss, an individual who was a mega success externally, uh, most known for his being a co-host and co-producer uh, of the Ellen DeGeneres um, talk show, wealthy, successful, the list goes on and on and on. His friends say that there was no sign of external depression or despair, and yet he took his life. As people are trying to figure out why, what, what happened, what led to this, the investigators found simply one small clue, and it was that he had written somewhere about old challenges. Now, we'll never know what exactly that means, but as I thought about it, it just was a reminder that it doesn't matter how successful we are, it doesn't matter how wealthy we are, how poor we are, the fact is that we all deal with these voices that, 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 that challenges us, that, that reminds us of old challenges. These voices of doubt and fear and self-incrimination, we may never say it out loud, we may never tell our friends and our family, but from time to time we all find ourselves wrestling with these voices that reminds us of old challenges, past regrets and reoccurring failures. This, this, these voices, the, the, the thief comes only. These voices come, can you say only? Only to undermine, to steal, to kill, to destroy our sense of worth, purpose, and hope. And so let me just pause a moment and just say that if, if you're struggling with questions around suicide, if you're in the midst of a crisis, call this number that's right on the screen, 988. Call it now. And 
if you're just dealing with your own mental health and, there's a, and you're, you're finding yourself challenged during this Christmas season, maybe it's not suicide, but you're dealing with depression and despair, as so many, so many people are. Just go to our website, and on the first page of our website, you're going to find a, a banner that's going to take you to a whole set of resources to help you with your mental health because the, God sees you. We see you. You're not alone. And if you really want to know a theological perspective of suicide and depression, all of that, I just want to encourage you on the watch page that of, of this message on our website, we're going to post a message that I preached back in 2018 simply called When All Hope Disappears. There's a lot more to say about suicide and depression and, and all of that. I encourage you to go there. And yet, the question that we have to face today as I'm framing this message is, which voices will we listen to? You see, all of us from time to time will, will hear these voices of flowing out of the broken past. And yet, there's another voice that speaks to us, and Christmas is the grand reminder of that voice. Notice what Jesus says a little further down in chapter 10 at verse 27. He says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. Now, don't read this as an admonition. This, read this as an invitation. But Jesus is saying, look, I know there are the voices of darkness that, that tries to sneak up on you. Evil tries to undermine your hope and your sense of worth. But I want you to lean in and hear my voice as I remind you that God picked you. You have been picked. What does it mean for me to think about God picked me? Well, it means a couple of things. Number one, it means that you have an inestimable value. Regardless to how you may feel today or tomorrow, that your value cannot be calculated. The fact that God picked you means that you have an undeniable purpose, that, 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 that God was not uh, simply being incidental, that you're showing up on this planet comes out of God's divine plan. And there's nothing that has happened to you. And there's nothing that you can do to change the fact that you have an undeniable purpose. And so the grand and wonderful and great news that comes at Christmas is that the birth of Jesus is an everlasting reminder that God has picked you. Your value is incalculable. Your purpose is undeniable. Regardless to how you feel, regardless to your past mistakes, regardless to ongoing failures, listen to the voice that flows through Christmas, the voice of the Good Shepherd that says you are loved. You have been picked for God's team. You have been called out to be a part of God's family. Yes, you, all of your falls and challenges, the trauma and drama of life. Yes, you, you. The question is, in moments of testing, which voice will you listen to? I remember uh, on an occasion myself and TK was about to play a a group of guys in the basketball game. And one of the guys from the opposing team, when he saw that uh, I was on TK's side, and the guy said, oh, wait a moment. Herman's on your team? We sure enough going to win now. <laughs> it was because, you know, Herman, you know, you can't play no ball, man. Come on, TK, you got him. Listen. 
And in that very moment, as I listen to those voices, do you know that all of my past clumsiness, every shot that I've ever missed, every ball that I've ever lost to the other team, it was as though that, they, that the sum total of all of that just settled in my spirit and manifested as a voice that simply cried out, failure, failure. I was ready to walk off the team and say, TK, you need to get somebody else. But TK totally ignored those voices. And you know what he said? He said to me, ignore them. You're with me. We've got this. Somebody needs to hear that the God who showed up in Jesus Christ is saying to you that when those voices from the past speaks out and challenges you to undercut your worth and undercut your faith, it is Jesus who declares to you, ignore those voices. He says to you, you are with me, and together with me, you're more than a conqueror. We've got this, that challenge in your life that feels so overwhelming. Together with me, you're more than a conqueror. We've got this. Something fascinating happened to me on that basketball court that evening as we got ready to play. Uh, we began to play, and I found myself with the ball in my hand, and I was about to pass it as I normally would, but TK looked at me on that occasion, and he says, take the shot. And when he said, take the shot, I saw the other teammate laugh, and they weren't even going to guard me. And from within, I heard a voice that says, you can't hit, you can't, you can't make that shot. But TK shouted again, Herman, take the shot. And I decided to trust TK, and I took the shot. The ball bounced around on the rim and went in. Everybody was shocked, and we went on to play. In a few more moments, the ball landed in my hand again, and TK says, take the shot. And I decided to listen, and I shot again, and it bounced off the backboard and went into the, went into the goal. And by now, my, there's a transformation happening in my mentality. Long before there was a Steph Curry and the Warriors, there was a Herman Hamilton on that basketball court that day. I said, give me the ball. Come on now. Bring it on. And I scored again and again. And we won. Wow. At least that game. <laughs> but here's the point I want you to get, guys. Lead in. What enabled me, what enabled me to, to, to seek to do what the other voices was telling me that I could not do was not my confidence in my own skill. It was my confidence in the faith that TK had in me. This is, this is the whole point, y'all, of God showing up in his son, Jesus. He says, I can't just stand on the, beyond the dim mist of eternity and shout at you. I'm showing up in, in the one called Jesus so that you will know that we're in this thing together. And, 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 and you're on my team. I've invited you to be a part of my family. And if you can't believe in yourself, come on, believe in, trust in the faith, Jesus says, that I have in you because I know you better than you know yourself. I've created you. I know what's in you. Take the shot. Somebody say, take the shot. Oh, let me remind you that that the good news announcement, Jesus' birth, says that God has picked you no matter who you are, no matter what your circumstance, no matter what your context. And that simply means that you have an inestimable value 
regardless of how you feel. God picked you, declares that you have an undeniable purpose, even if you feel lost at this moment. God picked you also means that you have a lasting family. You see, when you say yes to Jesus, his family becomes your family. Listen to what Paul writes in uh, Ephesians 1, 4 through 5. Long, long ago, Paul says, he, God that is, the God of the universe, decided to adopt us into his family through Jesus Christ. If you say yes to the one who declares that God has picked you, you not only have a team, you have a family. A family. And so, don't do life by yourself. As I bring this to a conclusion, I, I want to invite you, wherever you are in the country and the world, I want to invite you to consider connecting with NBCC as your spiritual community. It's, it's too hard to do life by yourself, guys. Come on, in the midst of our diversity, I can tell you, we're not perfect, but, but, but everybody needs somebody to pray with them on a tough time. Everybody needs a place to come regularly where you can be reminded that God picked you. Don't try to manage 2023 on your own. No, no, no. Come on and be a part of God's family. I suggest be with us wherever you are. Connect with us. And together we connect to Jesus who continues to be able to do more than we can imagine. And finally, let's end where we began. Jesus says, I have come. I was born that they, you, me, might have life, healthy life, whole life, life to the full that spills over into eternity. And then he says this at the end, the good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. This is Jesus referencing the fact of his, of his death on Calvary's cross, his atoning death that pays the cost for all of our sins. This is Jesus referencing the fact that on the other side of that death comes resurrection. This is Jesus saying that if you say yes to the one who has said yes to you, his destiny becomes your destiny. Here's why I end. I'm reminded of a story I heard many, many years ago. A young man lived at the end of a bus route in the city. And when the bus got to the end of the route, there was one person who would get off, an older gentleman would get off just before him. But the bus would always stop at the graveyard, and the older gentleman would get off and go into the graveyard. After a while, the young man was curious, and the, the older gentleman got off and went into the graveyard, and the young man went up to the bus driver and said, Excuse me, sir, why do you always stop and put him off in the graveyard? The, the bus driver recognized that this is potentially a teachable moment. He pulls over. This is the last, you know, his last passion. He's at the end of the route, so he simply pulls over, and he says to the young man, Come on, come and go with me. And they went back to the graveyard and went down a little hill and came back up a little hill among all the tombs. And then the bus driver pushed through the bushes and he told the young man, he says, what do you see? And the young man looked through the bushes and on the other side of the graveyard, he saw a beautiful house lit up. And that's when the bus driver said to him, come on now. He says, you see, the older gentleman, when I put him off, he wasn't going to the graveyard. 
He was going through the graveyard. That's my good news, guys. That's the destiny. Jesus' destiny is your destiny. He didn't just go to the graveyard. He goes through the graveyard. Somebody shout resurrection. Uh, some people are watching me today and you're grieving the loss of a loved one. Somebody else is grieving the loss of a dream. Ah, somebody else is dreaming the loss of a vital relationship and, and, and you feel like you've landed in the graveyard. But, but Jesus says that if you just stay with me, come on now, I won't just take you in the graveyard. I'll take you through the graveyard. My destiny is your destiny. So, might I end by just simply saying, Jesus picked you. Can you say, Jesus picked me? Can you say, Jesus picked me? Jesus picked me. That means that failure won't win. He's going to take you through the graveyard. That means that sin won't win. He's going to take you through the graveyard. It means that death will not win. He's going to take you and me through the graveyard, all because God has picked you. God has picked us. Oh, that's why we say Merry Christmas. Christ in the mess with us to take us through and come out on the other side of victory. Amen. And amen. Listen, I'm going to ask you to do three things right now. The first thing I'm going to ask that if you're with us for the very first time and you're, you feel something rising up that says, you know what, I need a spiritual community. You're not ready to join or anything like that, but you, you just want to connect with us. You want to get to know a little bit more. Wherever you live in the country and the world, I'm going to ask you simply to text NBCC Christmas. Do it right now. Text NBCC Christmas to 77411. Go ahead. I want to give you a few moments. Get your phone out. Go ahead and text NBCC Christmas. Just saying, I, I think I want to connect. I, at least I want to learn a little bit more. Text. A second thing I'm going to ask is that there's somebody here listening to me, and you feel right now that this is the moment where you need to accept the invitation of Christmas and say yes to the one who has picked you. And for somebody, it's saying yes, not for the first time, but but it's time for you to say no, yes, again. I'm going to ask you to scan the QR code that's right here on the screen. It's going to take you to next steps with Jesus. Go ahead and scan it right now. And as you scan the code, it's going to take you. And, and the very first option you're going to have there is to say, I want to be a Jesus follower. In other words, I want to say yes to him. I want to follow him. For somebody else, it is I want to reaffirm my faith. There's an option there for you. And if you would love for us to follow up with you, there's a place where you can indicate that too. And finally, I want to invite you to sing our closing song with us. And we're going to do something unique. We're going to invite you to take out your phone, turn on the light, and in just a few moments you're going to see our community will gather, candles will be lit. And perhaps for the very first time in your life, as you sing with us silent night, gathered around that manger where Christ has been born, you will affirm that you are a part of the Christmas story. So turn on your light. And let's sing together. Silent night. And I'll be right back with a closing word.